podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. It's the Anfield Wrap. Neil Atkinson, Gareth Roberts, Ian Salmon and Paul Senior. And we are in association with Reds Bet. Uh, if you are going to gamble, please do so responsibly. There's more information on their website. Uh, but Reds Bet are the gambling company where in 50% of the losses do go back to Liverpool FC supported related causes. Uh, so if you do gamble, uh, think about gambling with them. But as I say, please do so responsibly. We're here to talk about Liverpool 5, Watford nil. Liverpool 5, Watford nil, Which... You've just got to start in one place, Gareth. I mean, you know, we can. Uh, th- there's there's a lot of room for analysis as to what Liverpool did well, what Liverpool did less well across the course of the game. We'll come into that, but we're going to spend the first ten minutes here talking about exactly how good Mo Salah is. That's what we've got to do. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what a player we've got on our hands, and you know, it, it, the the record in a debut season is, is phenomenal. And um, I think, you know, you can't really overstate it. Um, it's just. To, to turn up in this league, and I know we had the little cameo once before, but look, there was loads of doubts around it, and I think you can hear you can hear it in in things Klopp saying they didn't expect for a minute that he's doing what he's doing in this league. They didn't expect for a minute that he's going to be getting thirty six goals. I mean, in his career, the most he's ever scored is nineteen for Roma. It's 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 so it's unprecedented in his career, and and you know the, the idea that you know it's all this. I, I thought Klopp was was brilliant on it actually. Like he was quite honest in that he was like, look. You know, when we signed and we didn't expect this, we expected the lad who could score goals from the wing. But then he was saying, but once we started working with him, we thought, hang on, we can do something more with him. And, and aren't they just? But I mean, so much of it's down to him as well. And, and one of the things I was sort of nudging my mate about uh, in the freezing cop was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was the fact that all of a sudden now he's banging right-footed goals. And it's like, you know, if you're a defender, you're just like, any chance, lad? I mean, you know, you're going to work on it all week. You're going to watch the videos. You're going to try and work out ways you can stop him. But when he's, he's putting people on his ass and scoring with his right foot now as well. And, the, you know, the, 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 the other one as well is just something else. I mean, I, I've watched it so many times already, and I, and I still don't I, When I watch it live at the time, and when I've watched it since as well, I still don't know how, he's, how he does it. It's not on. It's not on. It's not a goal. It's not there. There's no gap. And he finds one when he makes the one. keeper look crap. That's the thing because yeah. the keepers doing what you're doing, what I was doing, watching it going. Well, you can't shoot here, yeah. so the keeper ends up having this really pathetic attempt. I said, if you just saw that in isolation, you'd go, "Why hasn't he gone with his hands?" It's not like he's hit that hard. The keeper's just nothing he can do. He's just not expecting it, is he? And no one's expecting it. And that's what's brilliant about him. I mean, you know, running out of ways to sort of describe the way he plays football. I mean, I mean, the, the lazy one is everyone's comparing him to to Messi, and I, and I sort of I get why, and I, and I don't think we should be going mad about that comparison because that's an all right comparison, isn't it? He's actually scored more goals than him this season, anyway. Um, but it's it's the ball on the string type thing. It's the close control. It's the it's the little extra touches all the time. You can see on defenders' faces almost that they think they've got him. And they're going in thinking they've got him, and he just always nicks it, and the margins are so fine. But he, he does it time after time to tell you that he knows exactly what he's doing. You know, he does the chop on the on the first goal as well, which leads to the defender. But the other one, I mean, you know, 
the, the one you're on about where the keeper's like just bewildered by it all. Well, he's done that already to Spurs as well. I mean, it's no, this is no fluke. I mean, how, how how do you stop the fella? He scored all different types of goals. Right foot, left foot. He scored one with his head as well. And it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal season. And he's breaking record after record each week. And it's fantastic that he's on our side. And it's also fantastic as well that, you know, Firmino can score a goal like he scores and no one's mentioning it. Because yeah. it's, it's like, well, what about this fella scoring for? Um, Gareth started that Paul saying, you know, Klopp said it wasn't what we expected. Is it what he expected from Mo Salah? Because that, that's one of the... I'd love to, you know, he doesn't he doesn't do much interviews, doesn't do much press, seems like quite a modest, humble fella on the whole anyway. But I'd just love to know the point at which during this season he's gone. Hang on, I can really bang them in here. You know, has, has it happened before he's turned up? Has it, you know, was he thinking at times last season playing for Rome and I'm a bit frustrated? Has it happened when he's settled down and realised the players he's playing with? Has it happened when he's played, come up against a couple of sides and gone, hang on, these aren't the, these aren't the best? Or has it happened during the season? That's the thing that I'd love to know. When's he realised I can be this good? I think I think if you take go back to the summer and when he's making this decision that he's going to come back to the Premier League, I, I'd imagine there's a nervousness around it from Mo Salah. You know, he's been here before, didn't quite work out. And, you know, I've heard people call him flops. I think he was he was doing reasonable at Chelsea, but he had just a wealth of talent ahead of him. He was young. The opportunity wasn't going to come. So he went back to Italy and he's rebuilt his career. And does he first go to Fiorentina? Or does he go to well, yeah. Fiorentina yeah, and then goes, it goes to Roma? Goes to Fiorentina has a good year, and I think it's in quite acrimonious circumstances he signs for Roma, um, and and has a great season. You know and that's obviously what draws Liverpool's attention to him. But I think when he steps steps into Melwood for day one and starts kicking a ball for Liverpool, I do, I do genuinely think he's probably wondering, you know, is is this going to go the same way as what it did at Chelsea? Am I at that level? And from around. The first pre-season game, I think everyone knew that he was he was going to do well. Um, and then they were talking about the Player of the Year thing this morning on Sky Sports, and I believe it gets voted for in February. So I, I can only presume that that there'd only be one winner, and that I think Kevin De Bruyne will win it. But since the turn of the year, I think he stepped it up again. You know, I think he found a level of belief. Maybe that even when Coutinho goes, that he's become the number one man. And something that maybe people thought Sadio Mane has struggled with us in reverse is when Salah comes in and takes the goal scoring thing off him, but you know the mantle off him a little bit. That he's maybe struggled to to hit them heights. But what I'm saying about Salah is, I I don't I don't think anyone could have expected him to do what he's doing at the moment. But the thing is, it it doesn't even seem like he's finished improving. Yeah, he's still he's still got time on his side. So where where you thought about? Messi, when you talk about Messi, I understand that it's it's a very obvious and lazy thing to come to, but the sheer amount of goals is the only comparison because people don't score forty odd in excess of forty odd goals in one season. It, it doesn't happen, and he, him, and Cristiano Ronaldo are really the only two examples you can go to for that level of goals. Harry Kane obviously scored scored a lot of goals in the last few seasons, but this is this. And if he stays fit between now and the end of the season, could be a, an absolute record. It's the nature of the footballer he is, Ian, just to sort of, in, in Premier League terms, I think that's what Paul's, you know, when he mentions Messi and Ronaldo, Messi and Ronaldo are both footballers who can do the business right the way across the line in the front three and will get you 30 plus, 40 plus. And if you're Messi, you know, it goes high, or in the past it has gone higher and higher. I think he is beginning to slow down a little bit now as he gets older, which is not unreasonable. He's still quite clearly the best player in the world. But, you know, Kane has been terrific. Even for us, Suarez was 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 absolutely phenomenal uh, in terms of a goal scoring return. 
But it's more that it's more where he's doing it from, and that's why those those comparisons with those two wide players, and especially Messi, are coming in it because he's doing it off the right, he's doing it on his left foot. As Gareth said before, he can now go either side, and it's the way in which he's just leaving defenders absolutely on the backsides in the process of doing it as well. It's it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal performance. It, it's become, I think, a fairly unique player within the Premiership. As I said, it's as lazy as the comparisons are. And I don't want to compare him to Messi because Messi's been doing this for a decade. Mm. Um, but they are the only comparisons because he is coming from that position. He is cutting in. He is he's an absolute nightmare for defenders to, to deal with in any way, shape or form because you don't know where he's going next. And as Gareth said, you know, the fact that he's, he scored this record number of goals with his left foot. And then he's decided, well, I can do it just as well with my right foot. I can dance around it. And I think one of the great joys of what he's doing is when you were talking before about how he's put, how he's embarrassing the goalie, how he's making the defense look bad, and how you, you know, you don't know where he's going to go. I was sitting there going, "Are we talking the first goal or the third goal?" Because they're, <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're both, it's it's applicable to both, and he's doing it for both. I think at the moment, I think he may be, he's got the potential to be the greatest player we've ever had on our books. I, I genuinely think that. My dad's point for years was that, well, for you know, three, four years. Suarez, my dad had seen everybody from the 50s onwards. And obviously, you know, he'd seen Dalglish in the flesh, same as I saw Dalglish in the flesh. And his take was Suarez was the greatest footballer, greatest, most naturally skilled footballer that Liverpool had ever had. Above Dalglish, above anybody else, Suarez was the one. And I think if we can keep, if we can keep Salah fit and we can keep hold of him, I'm, I'm not going to go into that, can we keep hold of him? Why would you not want to stay playing for Liverpool if you're having this much fun as a footballer and this much adoration? And probably knowing that the reason you're doing so well is because of the way the team has been tweaked to make you play that well. I think we could be looking at the best footballer we've ever had, bar and none. This, the, the thing for me is, when, when we sign him, you look at your front three uh, from last season, Coutinho, Firmino and Mane. He's the addition, isn't he? Well, he, he, yeah, he's the addition, but my, my point is more that you're not you're not totally convinced that he's being he's not being bought as cover. You know, it's thirty eight million pounds in the market where, you know, Johnny Lindelof is going for that sort of money, you know. Is Lindelof's first name really Johnny? No, it's Victor. All right, so yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually been wondering that for a while because everybody calls him Johnny Lindelof. And I've been thinking I'm sure it's something else and Victor yeah. wasn't in my mind. Yeah, it, it is Victor. I, I just prefer Johnny. Um got, I think he goes for 30, £32 million. There's, there's players being bought in excess of the money that we pay for most salary, who are far, far worse. Well, Sigurdsson. Yeah, exactly. So there's what ten, uh, probably t- ten million, ten million pounds worth of difference between them two, and the impact is immeasurable. But my point is, you you think you get a player that we're talking around the January time and the Sunderland fixture last year? You go, if Manny Manny goes, we're one, we're a one pace football team. You've got real issues, and you go, well, at least if Manny's not fit, then at least Salah's quick, and that that's sort of like the, your your opinion that. If he does well, fine, but he's fast anyway, so at least we can put some pace into the side if Mane's not fit. And to come and exceed what was an unbelievable season last season for Sadio Mane, and then be far in excess of that, and I'm talking far in excess of what Sadio Mane done last year, it's just absolutely unbelievable. But then to look back to August, in August, most of us were sitting there going, this Salah looks fast, he looks good, but he doesn't have need to sort his finishing out, mm. which is possibly the most four, ridiculous standpoint four, anyone's ever had now. It's four goals and four shots yesterday. The, 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 the turning point for me is it, is it Leicester, where he scores that header, um, and there's some pace on the ball and he gets on that, and you go, yeah, I think after that game of walked out of there going, he's, 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 he is the real deal, this lad, he's going he's gonna to be so important for us. 
And the other thing is as well, I mean, we sold the, we sold the footballer for best part of £150 million in January and we haven't, we haven't thought about him since. And that's the level of impact he's having. He's great to play for everyone else as well, though, isn't he? That, that was something that, you know, I sort of got onto a little bit on Saturday and that, you know, the, the conditions were awful. It was absolutely freezing, which I've already referenced, but, you know, I can't <laughs> stay, overstate how freezing it was. The coldest day ever. Unbelievable for March as well. Anyway, but, you know, you could see you could see players going on their arse on the snow. You know, it was a slippy surface. It wasn't the best. It was absolutely I'm, I'm not giving that defender an excuse. It wasn't no, the snow. I, it was mowed no, but a few, on his arse. A few of the others had just slipped in general, in general play, though, is what I mean. But there was a few balls, it, I thought, in general on Saturday that weren't the best. But, but Mo makes them look good. Do you know what I mean? With his pace, with his anticipation. And, he, you know, he pulls one in that, that Henderson over it and keeps it in on the line and and, and then you know and then he's away and he, he, he was tireless and he's tireless in his running and also you can see from Mane as well like Mane, Mane knows where he is all the time now I think Klopp mentioned a little bit of that in his press conference as well about you know the understandings there now and he, and, and they're just hitting spaces sometimes with the passes knowing that Salah's there they're not even having a look um, well, Mane's ball for the first goal is magnificent yeah it's superb but but he does one he, he actually does one he, it was three and, three and a half minutes wasn't it the first goal he actually done one before that yeah he did one on about well, two minutes didn't he where, uh, yeah, where Salah I tried to find Emery Chan, but that was a good ball as well. And that, that's what I mean. There's little patterns of play now where you can see, you know, they've obviously worked on it. They're linking up fantastically. And as you said before, Ian, it's it's sort of testament to the work that's gone in between them all now. It's all it is all set up a lot of the time for it to end up at Mo's feet. And like, you know, I thought Watford tried different things with them and, and none of them worked. You know, they, they tried going a little bit higher at times. Mo nearly catches them in behind, and he, I think he was flagged offside on that one. It really is a question of, of of what you do, what you do. And I, I watched some highlights back, and they were saying, "Well, Watford could double up on them." Well, we'll go about them because you know, like Firmino's decent, and Matt, and you know, whatever you what? do, Liverpool pose a lot of questions for you, don't they? One thing it reminded me of when I was watching the game back, Gareth, was the old clips of Rushy in the ice at Villa Park. And what I mean by that is, you know, you think about, we've talked about the first and the third goals, but think about the second and the fourth. In the third goals that strikers score, the yeah. strikers' goals, you know, one to tap in from six yards, the other one to rebound off the keeper. And they all count one. It's important to say that they all count one. And that was what was, you know, rushing through my mind there is, is the idea of, well, these are the conditions. And I, 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 you know, right now this fella's trying to be the best goal scorer in the country. But you can discuss where he plays till the cows come out, but he's trying to be the best goal scorer in the country. And it really did make me think of Rush. And you think about that day that the, the old clips are rushing at Villa Park. There he, he scores every type of goal. Mm. And, you know, the, the, there's an element, isn't there, of him when, when Ian's talking before about how good he can be for Liverpool. And comparisons are difficult because he is his own man, but he is combining a lot of strengths of a lot of people who've played in attack for Liverpool. Yeah, definitely, and and also as well, it looks to me that he's buying more and more into the other work now that he has to do, if you like, because there's a moment there where you know it goes all the way back to sort of full-back position to win the ball back, and you and you're seeing you could see the players literally applauding them on the pitch for doing that, and I don't think he's always done that. Why he's being here? Henderson made a big point of it. it was right in yeah. front of me. Henderson made a big point of it. And you know you've seen Firmino do it. That's part of his game. Klopp referenced that and, and said that was why he brought him off as well. Like he said, basically you can't tell him to calm down, stop running everywhere. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's just part of his game. And so he, he knew that he, the only way to get him to stop running everywhere is sub him off. Go, come on, lad, you've done enough. And he left Mo on. And um, but but you know the fact that he's doing that now as well, it, it just seems more and more he's he, he's buying into it. But yeah, I mean 
he's got pretty much everything in his locker. We keep saying, and everyone keeps saying, oh, he's not a striker. And there have been times where he's been a little bit wasteful. And, you know, Russia's got 47 in a season, hasn't he, for Liverpool? That's, I think that's the record. And there was a time, you know, I can remember what I was fortunate enough to watch Russia. And, like, you know, he was he was just machine. Like, he just didn't, he didn't seem to miss, really. And you cannot, you can't really say that of Mo. But as you said before, Paul, on Saturday, he was pretty lethal there. If you look at his fourth goal, which is a, is a tap-in, I, that's one where I, I sort of understand where his where his confidence is. I think I think some people maybe take a touch in it. That he just he just rifles it, literally just it. It looks just like the most easy easy tapping in the world, and it probably is. But it, the the sheer velocity he just puts behind that ball, he absolutely smashes it in. There's there's so much confidence in him, and that's what's apparent. That the, the you say that he doesn't take a touch. And the other the, the other comparison point, you know, has been Suarez has been Dalglish. Yeah. Where there is a similarity on both of those, I think, is how early he's taking stuff. He's getting shots away when goalkeepers are expecting. You mentioned that for the third, but Paul's right to mention it for the fourth as well. Shots are coming when goalkeepers aren't getting any chance to set themselves. And you think about, you know, you think about Dalglish at his best. That again was something that he was brilliant at. Suddenly, before you know where you are, some fellas having a shot at you. You don't think it's there. You don't think it's on. But he's managed to create the space that he needs in order to do that. Yeah, he's playing completely on instinct, and his instinct is obviously fantastic because he is, as you said, he's taking every nearly. But one of the things that we we isolated about him when we first watched the show reel, when when we knew that he was actually signing, we watched the show reel. One of the things we isolated was this lad knows when to arrive in the box, and he was getting on the end of he was getting on the end of loose balls all the time. So seeing him on the end of a loose ball, to see him on the end of a loose ball for um, for the fourth. That's a, I think it's Milner plays the ball through to him. And that little flicked pass, the first pass he plays through to Danny Ings, sets Ings up perfectly. And then he's just following perfectly. His, his instinct for being in the right place at the right time is absolutely unparalleled at the I, moment of anyone we've got. On that one, though, I think the manager's got to take a bit of, a bit of praise because we're, that front three and David Moyes referenced it perfectly after West Ham. He described it as a narrow front three. I, I've, I've, been, I've sat at the last two home games in the... Um, in the Kenny Dalglish stands, the old centenary stands, and I'm, I've sat all my life in the cop, so I've been watching the game slightly differently and from a different angle. They are really compact, so this isn't a four-three-three where there's two wingers. This is for four-three-three now with two forwards. The only thing I'd say is is that Mane, in some instances, is dropping off to be the number ten, and it's it's allowing Salah to get closer and closer to the goal. Now I remember reading something on Torres when. Um, when Benitez first signs and he first comes to Anfield, and Torres was a bit like on rear Atletico Madrid, and he'd pull away and pull into the channels. And Benitez was going, You're too far away from the goal. You've got this striker's instinct, and you're spending it taking on fullbacks. Penalty, penalty, almost don't go further than the width of the penalty box. And Salah's getting that way now, where he's becoming narrower and narrower and narrower. So he's not a player who's playing on the right anymore. He's just, he's right of a proper three up front, and but- this is helping him. But even that is being tweaked because there are moments on Saturday where we've got a number nine playing in the number eight position. Sadio's come off the left to play the number 10 and we have one striker and he's playing out to the right. So if you're a defence, if you're a normal defensive four, how do you deal with what is basically a diagonal line attacking you and you don't know where any of them are going? Um, one one good signing doesn't make a summer, but let's be... There's praise also due to... Liverpool's faceless hordes at times on this one, Gareth. You know, it, it, it's frustrating. It, it continues to frustrate in the past. The number of people in the hierarchy of Liverpool who, who, who don't come out and make themselves known and have a chat because, you know, I don't think that it's unreasonable that people people would ask that. I think, you know, we can we can have the mythology that, you know, everyone's only there, to, you know, the, the, the team's all that matters and the, the Shankly tr- Trinity, but it's a different era now and we yeah. all know that. 
But what is you know being pointed out, and we're going to come on and talk about Van Dijk as well, and I think that's the manager in terms of saying, I want the man I want. But with Salah, you know, it does seem as though, what you can say is it does look as though Liverpool's transfer trans, transfer system is working really rather well between those guys, the manager himself, undoubtedly his team, what he feels as though he needs. You know, we've talked a lot, we've talked down Liverpool and the transfer market and how they go about the business on this show, you know, since we started back in 2011. At the minute, it's worthy of praise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it does seem it does seem a real sort of determination to, as you say, to, to just get it right, not gamble. You know, we, we all thought, we all lost our heads, or a lot of us lost our heads, me included, by the way, um, when Coutinho was going, just about an attacker or a player of that quality leaving in the middle of a season when we had when we have so much to aim for and i don't i don't think those concerns were unreasonable but obviously now with hindsight you, you hardly anyone's talking about Coutinho anymore because why would you we'll be, we just beat us at 5 nil there you know the goals are still flying and everything else but in terms of the transfers being done i mean since Klopp's been here you know you could probably say he's not actually signed that many players and should he have signed more? And I, th- I think that's a valid argument to an extent. I think I would still say he's probably shown faith in some players that probably too much faith. I think other managers would have been more cutthroat, would have just, you know, would have got rid of the goalkeeper, for instance, probably would have done something else at centre half. But that's not that's not Klopp's style, that's not his philosophy. You've seen him say it over and over again that he wants to do what he can do with the lads he's got. He wants to give them every chance. He wants to try and improve them. And on the signing side, yeah, you know, those those lads you reference who who, who we never hear from, they don't speak. Um I'm I'm sure they're all sort of toasting this just their success right now. And deservedly um, so. And deservedly so. And you know, he catered to come as well. Um, you know, his performances week by week still look Great stuff for, for Leipzig and, and we're all excited about his signing as well. That's going to improve us even further. He's a goal and, a goal and an assist last night as well. Yeah. Uh, Kaita, in the, you know, against against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, who are unbeaten in 19. He, he turns up, he runs the show. As I said, goal and an assist. And, and this is this is another lad that, you know, we're just sorry to come across you, Gareth. It's just mean. one where Liverpool haven't compromised on quality, so they didn't panic. Last summer, go. We need, we need Kaiser now. We have to have him. The same with Van Dijk. No, we know he's the right lad, and we're all right. We're a decent, we're a decent side, and we'll get by. But next season, we've got him. We've got Van Dijk for next season, and 150 million pound from the bank from from January. So, th- this this transfer policy is unwavering with Liverpool now. It's it's quality or nothing. It's not. I I understand why Rafa Benitez was doing it, but I have seen about fifteen right backs, none of which were good enough mm. in his tenure as Liverpool manager. Where where Jurgen Klopp is the other way, and he'll only accept what he does, deems to be good enough to bridge that gap to Manchester City, which is what the aspiration is. I think it's a little bit of a shame that you know we have been sort of hurt so much by what's what's happened in the past, and, and we're still sort of held by it a, mm. a little bit as as a group of fans because. You know, you saw people at the weekend, and 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 Chris Basco mentioned it in his match report as well. That you know, you still got people who they, they, they almost can't enjoy it. You know what I mean? You've just battered aside. You've got a player there who scored four goals and looked fantastic. And the first thing out of a lot of people's mouths is, "Oh well, we're definitely going to sell them then." And it's like you know, at some point you've got to let that go. At some point you've got to like like. It, we will hold the owners to account if they are visibly taking the piss. I think we've proven that in the past. But right now, you know, just enjoy yourselves. You know, we, we're, we're at the business end of a season and we're, it, we're in the thick of it. You know, I still think we can finish second in the league. I don't see why people so, are writing yes, that so, off. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, 
you got City to look forward to in the Champions League as well. Everyone's fired and everyone's fit. It's fantastic to watch. And yet you've still got people going, oh, well, you know, this lad's getting 40-odd goals this season. We're obviously going to sell him. Just, just, I've just read the book. and uh, <laughs> I just read the book called The Power of Now, and I've referenced this before. But, you know, do, do what that book is telling you. Live in the now. Stop worrying about, A, what happened in the past. You can't change it. It's not going away. And, B, we don't know what's happening in the future. We don't know how, how rigid Liverpool will be. We don't know what contact they'll put in front of Mo's face and whether he signs it or not. Yeah. All things to be sorted, all things that should be sorted, all conversations that should be ha- have taking place right now at Liverpool. But just honestly, just enjoy yourselves right now. It's all right, you know. The, the, the thing for me is, as well, it's, it's, it's the, the harmonious nature of Liverpool at the moment. See, yeah. the, I, I, we're not a crisis club and, no, and, and we're not going to be, whatever but, happens. But the thing is, you look at Chelsea, um, doesn't... There's, there's no love going on there with the manager and the yeah. situation. You can imagine there's, there's change there in the summer. Do they need time? Look at Manchester United, 12-minute press conferences, ripping aside, pulling pulling young prospect left-backs off at half-time. There's no... There's no fun. There's no fun at these clubs. Arsenal. I reckon Mourinho's enjoying making a show with Luke Shaw. Well, he's enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's having a lovely time. But you look at Arsenal as well. There's there's three three sides out of out of our sort of rivals. Who are in disarray? Tottenham. They've got a real issue going on with 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 wages. They're not willing to pay it. Yes, they've got a lot to look forward to with the new ground, and they've got a great side. But but there's issues with Liverpool at the moment. Of course, Manchester City are in a great place, and you know. Fair, fair play to them but this Liverpool and Manchester City are setting the tone now for the English clubs in my opinion I know we're not second in the league but I do think I do think that'll sort itself out after 38 games have been played but but for me the fact that there's no there's no pressure in terms of going into next season is the manager going to be good enough or you know if we don't get Champions League football will he lose his job absolutely not there's none of that we're in a Champions League quarter final we're, add, we're adding players of his choice again. We're not sacrificing quality. You're looking at top midfielders from Italy. All these, all these things are good. I don't think in my lifetime things have been so positive. You know, there has been there has been a stand built. They can go further, of course. But the the books, all all of this is right. We're not looking for another owner. This I'm 30 years of age and I don't remember this club ever pulling in the same direction as what it is it's because it hasn't since 1990 basically well this is it yeah uh, alright then uh, the goals all came at good times uh, not only were the good goals they came at good times it wasn't quite as straightforward Ian as the scoreline suggests what Watford have a decent 30 minutes first half um, it's, oh, you can most definitely say that Jordan Henderson has a genuinely terrible 10 yeah. uh, which was which was you know entertaining in hindsight at the time it was uh, it was it, it was Chewy Knuckles territory uh, though we had looked very neat him and Chan I think it looked very neat prior to Chan's injury they had yeah I, I basically started the first 10 minutes looking at Henderson going anybody who doesn't realise that when we play well all the good stuff goes through Jordan is ridiculously influential is an idiot and then spent the next 20 minutes going what the hell are you doing because he it, it it did suddenly just turn off he started off brilliantly and then he turned off and everything he did didn't happen for him and it wasn't like he he became a different player He's, he's the same Jordan Henderson, but the things he was trying weren't working at all. But he had started off as the absolute fulcrum of the side. It just, we saw the best and worst of Jordan at exactly the same time, I think. For the first 10 minutes, he is doing everything that you would want him to do as that number six. 
and then for the next 20, he's, he's next and waiting to happen. Paul, it was a genuinely, it was. I, mean, I think it's probably from about 20, 25. I think it's around when Chan goes off a little bit after that, when it really, really falls apart for him. It's a genuinely terrible, like, as I say, you get to laugh at it in a 5-0 win. If, if Watford had made it 1-1 and it become a sticky afternoon, you wouldn't be laughing that much. Yeah, I was almost blaming myself on the ground for it because I was actually referencing how well he'd started. You know, it was nice to see him back on the pitch. This is what we probably should have seen. The, the game before and then <laughs> he just has an absolute 10 minutes of madness um, I mean if, if he wants to turn around and say I, I, I was just freezing you know that, that would be a, <laughs> that would be a perfectly That's valid right. argument because I was as well uh, no but it was, it was when you say about Emery Chan going off he struggled to adjust I think to when when Milner came on but he, it was almost like he was, it was a game of just give them the ball for 10 minutes but I think he recovered alright in the second half but he didn't as his, his highs of the first 25 minutes It's a funny thing with the midfield Gareth because we've just spent you know we've just literally spent 25 minutes praising the lads who plays off the right wing we, we, we could do the same for Firmino you mentioned we haven't even talked about his goal we'll come on to that in a minute we're going to say that Mane I thought looked great yeah. and I think we're used to Liverpool teams and you think historically you think Benitez you think Julia even Rodgers with you know when, when he had uh, Gerrard in there and we were all praising Gerrard's performance Benitez Gerrard Alonso Mascherano Julia Gerrard I could go on <laughs> Gerrard Gary McAllister Didier Man. you then go further back again you know you think about the way people talk rightly about Graham Souness the way in which people talk about Whelan and McMahon for the first this is a bit of a Liverpool midfield that sort of doesn't want to be talked about it's meant to almost just get out the way a little bit isn't it it's very Ferguson halfway through the previous decade when they were winning all sorts and you couldn't really say who the three and centre midway Carrick was one of them this is very much like lads your job is just to get the ball back off yeah. them and give it to the boss lads yeah and, and basically Henderson said that as well after the match that you know, they were trying to obviously pin him down with, you know, comparisons to Suarez and whose four goals were the better, you know, Suarez's against Norwich or those ones there. Suarez's. It, it, it's not. It, it, is, it is Norwich by a million miles. Um, but, you know, he, they're trying to get lines out of him, obviously, and, and he obviously knew that. But the, the direction he took it to get away from all that was to say, look, because they, they asked about Coutinho as well, and, and he just said, look, the, the reason we're not missing him is because of those boss lads. And he almost said that. He just said, you know, we go into matches now knowing that if we defend well enough, they'll just score goals. And and that was it. And so it's it's this idea of shining as a, as a, as a midfielder in this current setup. You're probably not really going to, because you're not expected to. It's not your job. You know, you're certainly not home to Watford. No. I mean, Klopp doesn't want, you know, those lads bombing forward and getting involved and putting one in the top in. It's give it to the lads who can do that regularly. You know, don't start smashing things from 30 yards when you've got lads who, who can just skin everyone in the box and put it in. <laughs> I, I think it was Saturday morning, Henderson actually said that. He said his nature is to get forward and have a shot. And he's like, that's not what this team's for. We've got the three lads up front who do that. Yeah, he's actually come out and literally yeah. said exactly that. Yeah, I mean, these lads are just designed to facilitate what's going on ahead of the Mardi, and that's the, the only thing you'd say is obviously we just talked about Naby Keita briefly. That's that's not what he's he's going to be about. So I don't know whether he needs to adjust or is this is actually something what yeah I'll looks, forward. looking forward. Well, you see, yeah, you see Oxley Chamberlain join and Milner's yeah. joined well in recent weeks. I think it's the idea people can join and get involved. But there are there are days and there are times where it is just listen, lads, you're there to make sure they get the ball as early as possible in the best possible areas. Can you do that for me? Great. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll take I'm sure that'll take some Justin for Naby Keiter as well. This has been a lad who is the big fish in a relatively small pond at Leipzig, so he he'll need to adjust to to coming into a side, which is you know I'd say all of them 
are pretty unselfish. You know, it's it's all about the the one team goal, and it's, it sounds a bit like modern think that, doesn't it? But I do genuinely believe that's how how this side is. I mean, if if there's an easier ball on that guarantees a goal, even with Mo Salah chasing the golden boot, he'll, he'll give it. You know. So he was desperate to give one to Wings, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously comes out as the, the main beneficiary of that. But this, this, this is all. This is all great. I mean, when Alden, I thought when Alden was a great game. I, I really did. When he when he was on, I thought he just kept the ball ticking, pulls you out of tight situations sometimes. Do I mean there was a period before the second goal where where there was a where you thought Liverpool. Could have been under a little bit of pressure. Watford seemed to be growing back into it, maybe by design and a few loose passes from from Henderson and the like. But I thought when Alden stood out, and then when Milner came on again, I thought he did really well. So the midfield isn't, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no Paul Scholes in it. There's no Stephen Gerrard in it. That's really going to be banging them in from 30, 35 yards. And you're talking about their goal that day, or everyone's not looking to them like they did Coutinho. They're, they're allowing to do, the other lads unselfishly to do the job they're doing and you know long way that continue on the other lads uh, Ian Firmino and Mane you mentioned before interchanging well it's noticeable for me Mane getting more and more central but also I think he's coming to the boil now in that role both in terms it could be that he's getting used to the role but it also just could be in terms of his own performance there was a quality and a directness to him I thought he was, I thought he was excellent I think you know if, if, if Salah only scores two and the other goals are spread out and we win 5-0 people are coming away saying you know what Mane might have been man of the match there I thought he was terrific yeah I, I thought he had an excellent game quietly excellent the, the way he's dropping from the wing and dropping deep and he played the same ball at least twice over the top once it drops to Danny Ings he has the shot on target um, I think the other one was to Salah um, who had just broken and was offside but that same little flick over the back four into the penalty area he played that a couple of times and that was the ball Coutinho was playing at the beginning of the season quite a bit so he is definitely He's dropping into that number 10 role. It looks like, I think what we've got is we've got a team that is evolving to have each of these players be multifunctional because he can still do the wing, but you're not seeing the explosive Sadio Mane at the moment. You're seeing a much more considered footballer. You're seeing him playing. It's been noticeable well, probably the last six weeks how he's been drifting into the centre and his drifting into the centre has seen his form start to increase. So where we were seeing him as an out-of-form player probably 10 of the year, We've moved him a little bit. We've got Andy Robbo bombing past him. So he's, we've got Robbo basically playing as a left winger. So Sadio can pull inside and he can be more of a central threat. It Look, looks like he's enjoying tweak. himself as well, doesn't he? I think yeah. which is key as well. I mean, you know, Possibly look, less responsibility for him uh, he can express I think, himself. I think, you know, a lot was made of him of him struggling a little bit with his form and and something obviously did go on. I mean, you know, clock reference that they, you know, they'd had a, a sit-down and that sort of thing. You know, you, you go back to the Everton game and, and when he he doesn't square it and all that sort of stuff and you know I think he did go through a little bit of a, a confidence crisis but he's, he's, he's definitely emerged the other side of that I think I think you made the point on another show Neil um, recently and I thought it was spot on about when you said that he can look scruffy at times like he, he's not you know he's not the silkiest footballer you've ever seen but he doesn't need to be um, and I think Sometimes that can play into your mind a little bit about how good has he been playing. Almost that, you know, his, his touch sometimes isn't isn't absolutely amazing and things like that. But yeah, he was. I, I thought he had a good game, and, and that. But those balls that he was playing from from deeper were, were spot on. You know, they were finding the man. As I said before, you know, he, he finds Salad at first couple of minutes, and, and it's a decent chance. 
but it's almost like it's definitely something they played on because he's he's hitting an area and, and Mo knows to arrive there. It, you know, it goes back to stuff. Remember, remember years ago, one of the best passes I ever seen was was Beardsley to Houghton, and he swivels on it and plays like a thirty-yard pass almost over his shoulder, and he doesn't look, hmm. and and Houghton runs onto it and puts it in, and it it, it was a case of. Houghton knew what he was going to do. Beardsley knew, knew where Houghton was going to be and they just did it. And, that, and that, that type of understanding, I think you're starting to see that in this Liverpool side. What was it? I, I could be wrong on this. I, I've rewatched it a couple of times and I can't remember. But um, for for the cross from Robbo to Mo for the second goal, is it Sadio the place to one-two with him? I can't remember who plays the one-two in the middle. I've got a feeling it's Sadio. Robertson, yeah, no, Manny puts Robertson it's, in. It's yeah, yeah. So, it's, so he's... Directly involved in the first two yeah. goals. Yeah, no, it's great it, ball up by Roberts. It's a lovely mm. ball. We'll come on to him in a minute, but it is a lovely ball. I think that the other thing about him, you know, it's interesting when Gareth's saying that about, about blind passes and stuff like that. He whips a ball in, I think, later on with his left foot from the left hand side, where he's aiming for seller back post in the first half, Paul. And he just overhits it, but it's the idea of, I know you'll be there. You know, yeah, I think yeah. Robertson's done the same thing with his cross. He's like, if I just put, I mean, it's, a, it's one of their crosses anyway. It's a, it's a gorgeous cross, but it is the idea of, I know that you'll be there. You'll be somewhere around that sort of point if this leaves my foot. Yeah, I've seen I've seen strikers in the past as well that, that I think have frustrated me because why don't they attack the back post? You can, when we've had I don't know Faberelio or players like that who can put a ball on the sixpence, you know that you know, why aren't you attacking the areas that these can penetrate? And I think I think the nature of the way we're set up, you know, I was referencing earlier about this narrow front three. Mo's, Mo's right of that, and he's fast enough. I think it is key to get on the ends of these crosses. You know, he can just he can bomb in and arrive late, or he can just be well positioned, or he can bail off or whatever. And the thing, but the thing is, the quality of the supplies improved so much, hasn't it? So, I mean, I I thought Alberto Moreno was doing really well until Robertson had form, you know, and then it, it, and that's not putting the job down that he's done. But Robertson's come in and, and added these crosses. Well, he was terrific all game, Paul. Oh, he was, yeah. I mean, and go and to be fair, I think Gomez was as well. But Robertson is is a standout at the moment. I mean, again, you talk about the transfer committee and everyone's talking about how well they're buying. Um, forwards, ten million quid from from a side that got relegated. This is, and you bring him into a side that's got aspirations to win the league. It's it's ballsy, you know. And, and basically swapping for Castures. Well, yeah, well there is that, but the, the, it's 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 such a step up. I, I, I mean, if you told me I thought Andy Robertson was this good when you signed him, I, I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. They're doing their own work, aren't they? It goes without saying because oh, yeah. that, that's literally what the job is. But you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of the times, you know, we've all maybe at different times got sniffy about, you know, the way they go about it and, and what we know about it. We, put, we don't know enough about it is probably half the problem and it goes back to the idea before of never speaking and never really communicating on how some of it works. But I mean, I wrote something the other week and it, it, while I was researching the article, you know, I ended up down, you know, you'd end up down mad wormholes on the internet read, <laughs> reading stuff that you don't even know why you're reading it. And I ended up reading this thing about, about Barry Hunter mm. and I don't know, I don't even know what the fella looks like, do you know what I mean? And he's been yeah. kicking around at Liverpool for a while. Is it Man but, City before it, Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, and it was about that. It was about when he was at Man City and it was about the work he did um, when City were trying to sign um, Sanchez and it was about, you know, what he looked into. And it was, you know, you're not just looking at like the, the raw stats of goal scoring or assists or away from home. Does, does he do it there and all that sort of stuff? It was lifestyle and, you know, hobbies and 
like was he last off the training pitch and all kind of, and some some ridiculously number of pages why dossier was produced things, these are things you used to hear about with like Shankly and Jeff Twentyman and stuff like that you yeah. know I know that there's sayings where it sort of puts that all down so is he is he a Liverpool player is he a winner but I think they very much do embrace what what are these are these are these good lads you know yeah. can they come into this group dynamic that we've got here of nice lads no big, no big stars. Willie Ian spent three months learning this trade because as much as we talked about Moreno in the season, but he, and when he gets his chance, Robertson takes it, and it is off the back of a Moreno injury. But Robertson there has been very patient. He spent three months learning this trade, working very hard. I'm sure he's getting shown all the DVDs in the world. Th- has to think about it, and uh, th- this is back to the idea that the scouting personalities as well. Yeah. They've got themselves a lad who's, who's and, and all reports are that he's perfectly that, that, he, that he's a smart lad. He knows what you know. He, he knows what he's about. Yeah, and he basically spends a month in between European games after coming on for his debut and being man of the match in his debut. He doesn't even appear on the bench for about a month. So it's clear that we're we're holding him back and we're actually teaching him what Liverpool is and what his role is going to be. And again, I think it's part of the evolution of the team. You know, talking about Naby Keats coming before, we could be looking at the point where we have two anonymous players and then we've got this lad who bombs forward. We could be changing shape again. Uh, but I think the other thing that's telling is, from what we were talking about a second ago, you read Mel's piece about when we were scouting Firmino. Mm. We scouted Firmino for a decade. Our, our scouting department knows what they're looking at and they know exactly who they're buying. And the Andy Robertson signing, you're buying this lad who is very, very balanced, has got the talent to do it, has also got the attitude to sit back and learn his role and won't become frustrated because he knows where he's going to be. The Reds stay on the march and listen, if you haven't yet had the opportunity to subscribe to our player, please do consider doing so. £5 a month to get, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 shows a week about what the Anfield Rap is up to. Uh, so do please uh, consider it if you haven't already. It's theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe. We're obviously going to be looking ahead massively to the Manchester City game, but there's everything else as this season begins to come to a conclusion. We're also going to be talking more and more, looking ahead to the summer, looking ahead to transfers, looking ahead to next season when Liverpool should be on the march. We want you to be part of that journey with us if you can it is the Anfield Wrap theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe if you haven't already do, done so lots and lots of different contributors lots and lots of different voices different types of show the other person to mention in the attack and it's a data focus on the attack after a 5-0 win is the substitute Danny Ings comes on Paul and there was an excellent piece by Alex Hess for 442 uh, about um, about the idea of covering your centre forward second choice strikers that, that 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 Alex wrote last week it's well worth reading and we'll, we'll tweet it out at some point um, so that people who are listening to this can have a read of it if they haven't had the chance already Paul but one of the things that you are beginning to think watching Ings play at the minute is having sort of concluded there might not be a future for him at Liverpool you're beginning to think there's actually a path here there's a path here where Liverpool's recruitment remains focused sharp smart and Simultaneously, Ings is able to offer something from the bench in certain games at different times. You can you can begin to imagine it for the first time, I think, in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's been he's been injured for the most of the, most of that time, I suppose. Well, I'm not that's a massive part. Yeah, of it. yeah, of course. Um, but no, what you see of him off the bench is a lad that that sort of does a almost like a budget version of what Roberto Firmino can do. I suppose he's he play he sort of he plays he plays off the shoulder really well. I feel, but. We were talking about him the other day, Neil, and what I think what people forget about him is that I think oh sorry it was Phil Bundle I was talking with about it. I mean, he plays almost like a number ten off. Um, I think it was was it Sam Vokes or yeah. no, no, Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin. Austin at, Vokes, I think, at, yeah. at, at Burnley. So he has, he's got a little bit about him in terms of technical ability and whatnot. But obviously, I mean, he gets injured the day Klopp comes into the club, and then there was a, there was a number of people who felt 
you know, after his derby goal and that, oh, he's a Klopp player, it's a real shame. And then you sort of, when, when you keep adding to the front line, so obviously Mane's come in since that moment and then Salah's come in from, since that moment and then he almost becomes like, well, ah, he was never that good, he's not good enough to come into this front three now. But then you can, you can actually see why Liverpool have sort of persisted with him and why they, maybe they let Sturridge go and kept hold of him, despite both of them having injury problems. And when you come on the other day, you go... Do you know what, if, if if that Bournemouth game, for example, around Manchester City, if things are going well for Liverpool or whatnot, if you need to call on Danny Ings, he's, he's actually a really viable option. So in what in the way where I don't I don't think Solanke is yet. You know, so I think it, it maybe Ings is now with his fitness has got ahead of Solanke, looks like the number two for the sort of number nine role. So, yeah, fair play to him. I thought he impressed when he came on the other day and it's good to have the option. It's not just the idea of what Solanke isn't yet, Gareth. It's also... It's very hard. As the, the Alex Hess article cites Lorente going to Spurs, and the fact that he, he, Kane gets injured, he suddenly gets called, and everyone's going, "Come on, then your boss." And he's sort of a bit stuck. I, I might not be that good, or mm. he's, he's like lost his sharpness, or all of that. One of the things you're thinking here is that Liverpool may, well, you know, it's easier probably to cover or to find alternatives and proper competition with Salah and Salah and Mane to a certain extent than it is maybe with Firmino I mean you know put aside the fact that Salah's got 30 odd goals but my point is more Firmino is going to want to play every week he's so integral you don't get a lad who's almost as good as Firmino is my no. point because that lad who's almost as good as Firmino if he's like 90% as good as Firmino he's more than good enough to start up from for Arsenal yeah exactly and we've got to remember you know as well as sort of being part of a squad or whatever these lads only get one football career and, and it's all well and good going on about you know what how much they earn every week and all that sort of stuff, which is a, a continual conversation. But they'll want first team football. They'll want to win medals. They'll want to be centre stage. And, and, and look, some of them, you know, for the, it, it won't work out for them at Liverpool. It, it is really hard being the the undercard almost to the star active. You like and and Firmino has been that. I mean, it's it's the most goals he scored in his career in one season now, and and the goal to get it's absolutely fantastic as well. Another another moment of, of brilliant skill. So if you're Ings looking at that, you're just like, well, where, where do I get a go here? What I would say is that all of a sudden now he looks a lot closer to it. You know, I was I was quite impressed by his cameo, and I think if you think it's it's not that long ago the way he was just knocking around playing for the under twenty threes all the time. And like there was there were games, there were opportunities, there were competitions where you thought that could be one where Ings came in, and he never ever came in, and you thought it doesn't look good for you, here, mate. But right now, I thought he looked really hungry, really sharp, there, unlucky not to score. And I'd, I'd say you know looking at it now, you know you got you got the derby in between the two city games. I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that he could play in that, you know, and then maybe you pull out for me, you know, ready fit for the uh, for the second leg against City. But yeah, it must be difficult for him because you know he's arrived at a club at Liverpool. He's 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 had all the problems with injuries. That in itself is is absolute hell as well. I mean, you know, to to be injured out once, but then to do it twice to have the mental strength to come back from that is you know shows shows that he's got the character. So now has he got the ability? Well, we'll see. But. I think he's going to get a little go somewhere in in between now and the end of the season. He's just got to take that opportunity. I mean, Solanke had his chances, if you like. He'll come again. But as as Paul says, don't feel like right now you're dropping him in. Ings is ahead of him. But Ings needs to take the chance when he gets in. He could do with keepers not having worldies against him every time he comes (laughs) off, to be fair. Yeah, I think Ings is an excellent squad player to have at the moment because it is Kiss being able to say to him, look, you know, we're as big a club as you're ever going to play for. You're not going to go to another top four club if, if you step away from Liverpool. Your step is going to be a step down. You know, not being disrespectful to the lad, 
but he's got quality, he's got ability. We've seen how much pace and energy he's got. Maybe that's just a case of all this time he was only playing in the under-23s. He was actually just being managed back to the full fitness he needs to be able to make an impact from the bench. At the moment, he looks like he can make an impact. And he is two goalkeepers away from having three goals in his last two games. And one of those becomes an assist by default anyway to Mo. So he's he's got quality. He also looks like he can... You know, if you take the fact that, as you said... No one who's 90% Bobby Firmino is coming to the club because they might be 90% Bobby Firmino, but they're going to get 30% of his games. But if Danny Ings... And the only way to do that is, is to pay them. You know, because yeah. I remember Rafa saying this, you know, it, it's all well and good, people going on having big squads and having options off the bench and all this. The only way you keep, the only way you, you can keep some of them happy at least it is money. Pay more, and, and, and Klopp isn't interested in... Klopp isn't... Well, Klopp's basically said he's not interested in the players that put money top of their agenda. No. So, so you know, there, there's another thing. But what I'd say about Ings is he feels like he fits in. So, you, you know, he, he seems like he's popular with the players. Yeah. He yeah. gets his name sang every time he comes on the pitch by us weirdo fans. And we are weird. We know there's some Despite players... Despite the lads who haven't got songs. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> and so the fact that he's got a song, that will help. He'll, he'll feel like he's a part of the club. And then you see little videos and little insights into the training ground and stuff like that. He seems to be friendly with people. He seems to get on with them. Klopp obviously likes him as well. So I... I think there is a future for him there, but he's he's sort of going to have to accept the the bit part role, isn't it? Yeah, which which can be fine. You know, there's lots of players who've accepted who've accepted bit part roles over the years. You know, to an extent, Gary Gillespie was a bit part player for a long time, and um, we've we've had bit part forwards who who sat behind the likes of Russian Dalglicia. There are names that have con- contributed who were never as big. You know, the likes of Paul Walsh, who you thought was going to be a massive player, players who were never quite as big for you as you thought they were going to be. But the contributor, but at the moment you're sitting there with Danny Ings saying, "Well, you know, you could you could actually get a bit of a run out in a European Cup final. That that could happen for you. Who else is going to offer you that? And if he's happy to play at that level and just get, you know, as he's getting more and more to full fitness and and back to the sharpness that we know he had when we bought him, he could be playing the cup games. He could get you know half an hour at the end of a league game. And some players will go, well, you know, that that's it. At the moment, he reminds me a lot of Peter Crouch." Because he's on that run the crouch had when he first came to us, where he didn't score for like twenty five games, or whatever it is, and he's having that same run of luck, and it's going to come for him. It's going to turn. The other thing is the idea of planning a summer pool, which we know they're doing now. I mean, when we talk about the the the, 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 the way with the going, we can see that they've gone about the transfer business. We know they're doing that now. And if you're our Klopp, you know you're probably thinking Salah can play centrally for me, mm-hmm. lead the line, Manny to a certain extent, maybe a little bit deeper. If you've got Ings there, you know, you've got a plan for the idea that at some point Roberto Firmino will get an injury because yeah, it's yeah. the nature of football. It may well be that the, the the way home in the summer isn't the idea of backing up Firmino purely. It might be that the idea is backing up Mane and Seller and then being able to say, right, well, they're backed up. Give them genuine quality, genuine competition for places, young prospects, hungry footballers. But you've got Ings as well, who can then find his way through to 20, 25 appearances a season. Yeah, and that that might that might just be enough for him at, um, in this moment in time. You know, looking at next season, and maybe he does. You know, there's there's that thing in life, isn't it, where yeah, do you want to be a a small part of something big or a big part of something small? So I I, I think he'll have have that that in mind, um, Ings. But in terms of the recruitment side of things, I think yeah, I think you might be right. You know, you see what I've noticed with with sides at the moment, and I know Chelsea have sort of been hammered for it, but they look to get the best, just the best eleven on the pitch and find a way. So you've seen Hazard playing that sort of false nine role because I think Conte's just gone. Well, I just want the best eleven lads I've got to, to be on the pitch, and I'll just find the system to work. I wouldn't be that surprised if 
if Klopp just moved Salah Central, if they brought someone in. But again, I think I don't think Liverpool will be compromising on targets. You've seen the lad from Leipzig, Timo Werner, being being linked with Liverpool for for the summer. That that's a player of 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 a good quality. Who can also who is also a centre forward by trade at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that that tells me that he probably knows that he's running for me no too much and he's probably aware of the fact he probably can't get away with it again. Um you know, we'll we'll learn that lesson from not this season but last where we've where we've overrun lads and it's blown up in our face. This season we've been, you know, touchwood reasonably fortunate with with the fitness to our front three. But the other thing we know, Paul, and I'm gonna come on to talk about the league table now, the other thing we know is if we're gonna win this league, we're gonna to have to be able to get ninety points. And I'm gonna be talking about this on the review show with Sean mm. Rogers today. To win this league, you know, Man City aren't gonna slow down much. They might slow down a bit, but they're not gonna slow down much. And looking at the table as it is now, you know, we're in really good shape. We've been playing really, really well, but we've got, you know, the international break tells us now the story that there's there's we've done part one of the two-part job before Spurs and Chelsea next play the league game against each other. They've now got lovely, big, distracting semi-finals. So have United. Uh, That weekend, by the way, when they play their semi-finals, we're at West Brom. Points on the board always outrank games in hand. We're just as pressure as well. And we're about as well set as we can be. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I mean, that's lovely. And we're trying to do that with with Chelsea at the moment. Um, Just on that, the Werner thing, I suppose, is that if if you, if you the, the the game for next season is to to think Manchester City can they can they be as good as what they've been again this year? I would be of the opinion that they they probably can um, be be that good. So yeah, ninety points is the target. But what what I'll stand back to with this Liverpool side, maybe it's only the real weakness I've seen of it this year is when uh, the Swansea manager Carvajal says about putting the Formula One car in um, in, in, in London traffic and. Having I don't know, a team over there, a more natural sort of number nine, whatever that may be judged as nowadays, um, it's just a different option as well, a different style, um, a, a, probably a replacement for what he thought he maybe had coming into this season with Sturridge. Um, time proved that you probably couldn't rely upon him, but I think he he probably knows he needs something slightly different for for them games or. You know, if I, if you want to actually go and win a League Cup or an FA Cup, or you know, there's games in the Champions League. Maybe we've progressed early. There'll be enough games for for Timo Werner to come in and make a difference. Is what I'm saying that you can sell enough games. Where look how competitive we are. We're not looking at many outs. There's not being that many rumoured for the summer to leave. So we're building this big squad. The owners are backing us with the wages for that. So yeah, come in, make a difference. Add to this already fantastic squad. Your teammates coming in. These are all. These are all good things, all good things. We'll be having a big chat about the future, obviously, across all of the Anfield Raps player uh, throughout the next uh, weeks and months. Oh, obviously, one big eye on the Man City game. And we are uh, part of an event with the official supporters club in Merseyside on Friday the 23rd of March, half past seven at the Reds Lounge in the Kenny Dalglish stand. Entry fee is £1. It'll be uh, welcomed. You'll be welcomed by Tony Barrett. What's a Tony Barrett welcome like, Robbo? Uh, well, I think it probably depends. Um, who you are. Yeah, who you are. I, I, I normally get one that constitutes some kind of abuse or demand. Um, abuse or demand, yeah. Like he, he demands toast every time he comes anywhere near the Anfield app, <laughs> uh, for instance. And, and yeah, it's normally a, it involves some abuse around, you know, being from Aiton or what I'm wearing or something I've said. You know, 
But yeah, he's got it in him to be nice. He's got it in him to be nice. So maybe he will be on the 23rd of March at half seven at Anfield. Sounds lovely. Uh, we're, ho- we're hosting the event. There'll be a Q&A with Gary McAllister. We'll have a lovely chat. Uh, I'm going down. John Gibbons will be there. Mike Nevin will be there. We're having a lovely chat about the Reds. Uh, I'm looking looking forward towards the future. There's also a raffle and a birthday cake, if that's what sways you when the other bits haven't. Uh, that's all available for you. That is the 23rd of March from half past seven. Really, really looking forward to it. Listen, thank you very much to Liverpool for scoring five goals and Mo Salah for scoring four. Gareth Roberts, Ian Salmon and Paul Senior. That, in association with Redbet, is the Anfield Wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network.